everybody and welcome to a new episode of Evie's Korean Drama Podcast Show. My name is Evie, I'm your host, and I am a K-drama obsessive. So this is the show where I waffle on about all of the K-drama that I love. If you'd like to support the show, you can check out my Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Evie Korean Drama Podcast. There you will find extra podcast episodes and updates on what I'm watching at the moment. Also, just before I get started, please be warned that I do swear a little bit on this show when I get excited. And when I'm talking about K-drama, I always get excited. Alright, so I thank you very, very much for listening and let's get on with the K-drama show. So today I'm going to try something new. It's not that new. It's not like it hasn't been done before. <laughs> but basically, um, I kind of noticed that, that uh, this week, I'm, I'm not really in a K-drama slump, but nothing, I haven't really sunk like really deep into anything yet. Um, I'm not at a point where I've kind of got heaps and heaps of thoughts about one particular drama to do like a big deep dive. Um, and I haven't rewatched any of my old favorites to get ready to do like a big you know, episode deep dive about them. So I kind of found myself at a bit of a loss. But at the same time, I realized um, that I had watched, you know, multiple first episodes. So I thought, hey, that's a good news section because, you know, it was fucking easy for me to put together. <laughs> so today I've decided to talk about three different K-drama first episodes. So today I'm going to be talking about one K-drama called The Bride of Habek, uh, another one called Hwayugi or a Korean Odyssey, and also finally, When the Camellia Blooms. Alrighty, so the first uh, K-drama that I watched this week, the first episode of, is called The Bride of Harbeck, or also known as Bride of the Water God. So this is a 16-episode kind of fantasy romance, a bit of a rom-com vibe, to be honest, um, and it came out in 2017. Uh, I've always had my eye on it. I remember even before it came out when I was just hearing about casting and hearing what the story was. I was really keen on it because um, this particular K-drama is actually based on a manhwa, so a Korean comic book. Uh, or a webcomic. I actually don't think it was a webcomic, it's an actual manhwa. And um, I remember for some reason, um, I was reading a lot of kind of like shoju and uh, like, you know, um, manga and manhwa and stuff like that online. So a lot of online comics from Japan and from Korea. And I did accidentally come across this particular comic, which was, um, you know, The Bride of the Water God. Uh, the original comic is actually set during Joseon times and it's about this village girl who lives in this village uh, you know wherever in the countryside and every year it sounds like they have to like sacrifice one of the you know hot maidens to the water god and basically you know drown her in the river or some shit and then you know they'll get rain or harvest or I don't know, it won't flood, I can't really remember, it's a long time ago, uh, so, you know, she gets picked, and she gets a sacrifice to the water god, and then basically she's drowning, and I can't remember if he saves her, or by being sacrificed, she just turns up in his, like, big nice house under the river, 
And he's really handsome and he's a total asshole. He's really mean. And also, I seem to think, like, I have some weird memory that he also, like, turns into, like, a little child as well, which I was like, eee. And then I think I stopped reading it at that point because I was like, eee. But anyway, um, I did quite enjoy it. I think I always meant to go back and keep reading the comic, but I probably just kind of, kind of, I don't know, went through that phase where I was constantly reading comics online and went back to watching K-dramas or something. Um, but for whatever reason, um, this particular k-drama when they've remade it into a show um they've set it in modern times and I really don't know why I just never tried it out when it came out I just didn't watch it I guess there was probably loads of other stuff I was maybe more interested in that was airing at the same time um but I always meant to go back to it it's got a very nice romantic looking poster um I guess I didn't really hear great things about it um, I'm not sure that it, you know, it did that well particularly. Um, so this K-drama stars the actor Namju Hyuk and also the actress Shin Se Kyung. Um, I really, really like both of them a lot. They're certainly not like, um, you know, my favorite favorites, but they're up there in that group that I'm always kind of paying attention to what they're doing next. And if I like the sound of it, I'll watch it. If I fucking hate the sound of it, I won't watch it. So like, I wouldn't watch a show just for them, but I would definitely be more interested in a show if they're in it. Um, so yeah, I really, really like both of them. Uh, this K-drama also stars some other kind of like, you know, recognizable faces. Um, Gyeong Myung, uh, who is, he just recently was in, um, played like the, what was it? The squid fairy dude in um, Extraordinary You. Uh, so, the, you know, and Crystal, who's um, a K-pop lady, but also has been in heaps of dramas. And of course, Im Ju Hwan, who was in Tamara the Island, one of my favorite dramas of all time. So I always like to see him in stuff. Um, although he never gets a lead role. But anyway, that's beside the point. <laughs> so basically, this drama stars Nam Ju Hyuk, and he's this, you know, majestic water god who lives. Actually, it starts off really cool. I really, really liked the opening section of this drama, which was just um, kind of some real fantasy stuff about you know there's these particular gods and they live in this sort of other world that's connected to ours and there's just like a little bit of mythology and lore but there's some beautiful shots of like the city but above it in the sky like kind of past space sort of is like whales swimming and you know it's it's really very um very beautiful and very very fantasy um I really really liked it so I thought it had a very promising beginning and even though it's like a tiny bit cheesy I really enjoyed the little section in the fantasy world which is basically stars um Namju Hyuk as the water god with his mental long blue hair and like heaps of like man eyeliner on and kind of walking around with this big weird robe and he's clearly he's clearly a bit of a dick like <laughs> he's about to be promoted to be the new big water god or whatever but for whatever reason he has to go to earth and sort of do some stuff and get some stuff while he's there um and of course uh you know the second he turns up to earth um everything goes wrong um and you know <laughs> it's actually quite funny so Shin Se Kyung plays she's some dis like magical descendant of whoever who's always has to help you know the water gods but of course it's been so many hundreds of years since these water gods have come to earth um, that she has no idea that this is you know it's like one of those uh, lost lost in the family ancestry sort of things she has no idea um, so she is a struggling um, I think what is she she's a counselor or a psychiatrist and she's not doing that well um, she's got no money and she's in a lot of debt and she's having a lot of problems 
And um, there's this great scene where I really liked it when Nam Hok sort of first falls to Earth. And it's this real Terminator moment. Like um, she, he kind of falls on top of her, like he's a shooting star that lands on top of her head and she's just lying there unconscious. And he's like, you know, doing the whole naked Terminator thing next to her. And then because he needs some clothes, she has like her lab coat from her work, which is this tiny little pink button up thing, which of course he puts on, which is like really minuscule like it's so short so I think he looks very funny he's also um Namji Hawk has like a weird weird haircut in this I'm not sure how I feel about it it's I haven't seen like I don't think it's fashionable because I certainly haven't seen any other dudes with that in 2017 or since then it's like almost a mullet but it's it's like a very particularly like layered mullet I don't know I wasn't into it I think it looks weird so anyway like I think it starts off really like really promising and quite positive I really enjoyed it it's quite there's a bit of comedy in it um you know particularly like God falls to earth he thinks he's all powerful and then realizes he doesn't have any of his powers and he doesn't have the little magical whatsoever that he needed to have to do the thing and like so he kind of finds himself stranded and he you know he finds himself um not being able to order people around or do anything so and obviously when Shinse Kyung first meets him um she just deals with some crazy people I suppose in her everyday life so when he starts saying you know I'm the water god and you have to help me and she's just like yeah sure like he's he's pretty crazy um so I kind of liked all that setup um and then the second half of the episode I was like what the fuck is this like it kind of it kind of got a bit boring which I feel like for a first episode is not good but at the same time I do feel strongly with k-dramas that you know so much of the early episodes sometimes like man up to five episodes sometimes if it's a really long drama can really be devoted to just story setup and during that setup time like realistically until the drama settles into the actual you know what the story is that it wants to tell once it gets past that setup no matter how many episodes it takes that's when you can truly tell if a drama is good or bad or if it's a drama that you want to watch or not so sometimes I find that first episodes kind of don't mean that much in terms of the general greatness or non-greatness of a show um, I think it's kind of weird too because as an author like is such a focus on like make sure your first page is perfect make sure like you know if someone picks up your book they're going to keep reading after that first page like if you like that just people go on and on and on about it um, it's like such a hugely important thing like you don't want someone to pick it up and turn you know like read the first line and walk away and yet with K-dramas, I feel it's very, very different. Um, I feel like there isn't that always that sort of like intense care to make sure that those opening scenes or that opening first episode is the absolute best that they can make it. Um, and I don't really know why. Um, I think personally, I've just learned to sometimes just push through a bad first episode and keep going because things, you never know what a kind of a gem a drama could become. Um, so it's kind of interesting, but it just doesn't seem to maybe have the importance or perhaps, you know, the team behind this drama were just doing their best and they just didn't do that good. I don't know. Um, I really, really liked the first half. Um, I thought it was fun and it had heaps of potential. And then the second half, like, honestly, I don't know. Everyone just ends up in the countryside. And then um, Shin Se-kyung has to drive Namju Hyuk around with his, like, he's there with this weird servant guy who has to do his bidding. 
and it should be funny and I hate to say this but I think one of the reasons that it doesn't kind of work actually comes down to potentially the acting from Namju Hak and Shin Se Kyung and I feel really surprised and weird by it like I just feel like there was these moments that could have been hilarious, you know, where he's coming real close to her and he's like, he's trying to kind of seduce her with his godly amazingness and he's touching her face and saying like, he's just spouting such rubbish at her and she just stares at him and kind of moves her eyes from side to side. And I was just thinking like, if that had been a different or, you know, if maybe she'd been more on point, uh, at the top of a game at that point I don't know or it had been a different actress I can just imagine the kind of crazy shocked and weird facial expressions that 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 actress could pull in that moment that would have made that scene so funny and charming and good but because like the camera is just panned on someone's face and the face is literally doing nothing it's you kind of like well what is this you know like I I think it could have been a bit funnier um but the second half of the episode, they're basically like they're just stuck out in, in the middle of nowhere in the countryside and Namju Hyuk is just being mean at her. But again, he doesn't really move his face either. And I feel like, you know, a kind of a performance where he's more shocked by his surroundings and everything's like really perplexing and confusing for him, I think would have been really funny like there's this scene where he's like watching her drive and you know she's moving the clutch and she's doing all this different stuff and you know and he's just kind of like moving his eyes around and looking at but his face is so blank except for the fact that his eyes are moving so when he's doing it I'm like is he interested in her driving the car is he just trying to understand what's going on is does he find it weird like I couldn't figure out what he was doing and later on I realized oh he was learning how to drive from watching her but there's just so many points in this first episode where I couldn't really tell what emotion the character was meant to be feeling like if they were meant to be surprised or shocked or angry because they just didn't do the right thing with their face and in saying all that and complaining so much about it um I really like Nam Ju Hyuk. I think he's a really good actor. So I and, and same with Shin Se Kyung. I have seen her in other stuff and just loved her and thought she did a great job. So I just don't know what was going on. Um, but I just feel like things weren't gelling and I don't think it's the actors because you know, I mean, man, I've seen Nam Ju Hyuk in heaps of stuff and stuff from before this. So it's not like, I know he, he improves as an actor, but I have seen him do better in older stuff. So I just, I don't know what was going on. Maybe some, some weird shit behind the scenes. Anyway, I feel like I was meant to be keeping this short, but I haven't. Um, so I guess the question is, should you watch it? Uh, I kind of like... <laughs> Maybe this is a terrible experiment because it could get better, right? It could. I don't know. Um, how about will I keep watching it? That's probably a better question. Um, I think I might actually try another couple episodes before making a final verdict. I really like these actors. Um, the setup's really fun. Like it, it's a really nice idea. Um, and I think it could be quite good. So I'd like to sort of just give it a little bit more leeway to just see if those actors settle into it a bit more and you know remember how to make a facial expression and if they do you know I could be sold we'll see Uh, so I think that's it from me on the bride of Habeck or the bride of the water god (music) 
Okay, so the next first episode I watched uh, was from the Korean drama called A Korean Odyssey, also known as Hwayuki. Uh, so this was a suggestion from a lovely listener and now K-drama friend, uh, Lizzie. So she absolutely adored this drama. So she mentioned to me that I should watch it. So I watched the first episode and I did really, really enjoy it. Um, I think this one, like particularly quality wise <laughs> compared to Bride of the Water God like this is it's much more cohesive it's it's like a proper show like it's got a lot of atmosphere it's got a lot of stuff going on um it's also setting up a, a really great setup like I have to say um pretty much uh when it when the, the show was explained to me the thing that really hooked me is that you have a demon guy trying to get um you know get close to this woman because she has, you know, some magical thing and he has to eat her because he's evil in order to get what it is that he wants. But meanwhile, someone puts like a spell thing on him or like a bracelet or something. I haven't actually watched that far. I can't remember. Um, but anyway, he falls in love with her, but it, it's not real. It's because of the spell. So he becomes her protector. Um, I, I just like when I heard that setup, I was like, holy shit, I wish I'd thought that up. Like that is such a cool setup. Um, it's just such a great sort of romantic conflict. Also, I feel like I didn't describe it as well as Lizzie did. So sorry, Lizzie, if you're listening. <laughs> um, so yeah, I really, really enjoyed this. Uh, so this one is 20 episodes. Uh, I said 2017, but I think it kind of crosses over to 2018. And it stars Lee Sung-gi, uh, the actor Cha Sung Won, who's kind of like an older generation, um, you know, not really older, but, you know, like uh, he's not so much like the younger male leads or anything. And the actress is Oh Yon So. There's also like heaps of other very recognizable faces, um, some that I really, really like. Um, I really love the actress uh, Lee Se Young. She's only got a side role in this and I didn't see her in the first episode, um, but I really like her. So it might even be worth just watching for her alone. I don't know. Uh, so this this drama is actually based on uh, so the classic Chinese novel Journey to the West. Um, and my understanding is it's also, so that's like the Monkey King, right? I used to watch that show when I was a kid. Um, so I, I really liked it. So pretty much uh, we have this young girl at the start of the episode and this is a very, you know, like supernatural and mythology. Um, it's a modern drama, um, but it's like very heavy on, you know, demons and gods and spirits and ghosts and stuff like that. So it's quite fun. Um, so yeah, so this young girl kind of gets into uh, all sorts of crazy shit, but she, she gets tricked basically into releasing this kind of deity, uh, deity, that's the word, deity dude, um, who is like a, a monkey god guy. So basically, Isungi. <laughs> and uh, she gets tricked into releasing him from his mountain prison and they make this deal um, which is basically he will protect her and he will come anytime she calls his name. So she has lived a, this little girl has lived a very, very lonely existence. Um, she can see ghosts and she is shunned by everybody and she's terrified all the time. So she has been told by one particular ghost that she has this protector who's going to come and he's going to look after her and she just needs to like hold out until he's there. So when she meets Isungi in this, you know, weird prison place and he offers to protect her, like obviously she makes the deal with him because she believes it because of what she's been told. 
so she makes this deal that any that he'll protect her and anytime she calls his name he will come and help her and they you know do their weird promise exchange magic thing and so she um, kind of snuffs out all these candles which are part of the spell that are binding him in place and there's this really cool scene that I love uh, where they both you know he's free so he kind of just like disappears the whole prison that he's in and it's a really cool transition like it looks really awesome it's like they're in you know this crazy sort of marbly chandeliery room thing and then suddenly the walls are gone and it's like sweeping fields and then everything's gone and they're just in this field but it's this it's really um like all this sort of like yellow grass in every direction with these um huge like they kind of look like um big windmills from Amsterdam or something or Denmark like it's really really cool like and they're in the background and then behind that there's this mountain that is just on fire and it's so surreal like it's um it's a really really beautiful scene so that's one thing I really like about this drama is it looks good like they've really taken the time to make it look good um, and of course, because Lee Sung Gi is just a total rat bag, he immediately wipes the memory of his name from the little girl's head. So he just like pulls out her memory, just plucks it right out of her head. So although the deal still stands that if she calls his name, he will come and protect her. She doesn't know his name. So he just fucking leaves her there. Like, I don't like... He, he just runs off and goes to do his own thing and he leaves this girl in this weird surreal windmill fucking field in the middle of nowhere this poor kid um and then the drama flashes to like 25 years later or something and Isungi is still a total rat bag he's just like driving his sports cars around just being cool and doing stuff um and also Cha Sung Won is like you know he's um a, a bull god and he is actually he's very funny in this actually I really enjoyed it um he is desperate to become a deity but he's actually like a monster he's like a demon or something and so he's trying to do like good shit all the time but he's also like the head of a um like like you know an idol factory or a um a, a management entertainment agency I should say so there's like actors and idols who are sort of like and he's making them all really famous and there is the funniest joke where someone's trying to find out whether the people he represents are you know demons or if they're humans and they're like you know Jung Nara which is you know the actress and they're like like oh Jung Nara never ages and um so they're trying to decide maybe that's that must mean that she's she's not human right if she doesn't age and Cha Sung Won uh, Cha Sung Won is like oh yes we're thinking about making her get plastic surgery to make her look older and I thought that was the fucking funniest thing I'd ever heard because <laughs> I was just um editing a a K-drama uh, like review um that I'm going to put out pretty soon um about this this K-drama from 2002 that I watched I didn't watch it back in 2002 I watched it you know a few years ago um and it actually stars Jung Nara so it stars Jung Nara in 2002 and she looks exactly the fucking same as she does right now like it is bonkers I don't understand how she doesn't age anyway that was very very off topic um, so I don't really know what I was talking about, but uh, um, I guess Lee Sung Gi lives in this house with Cha Sung Won for some reason um, that I maybe I wasn't listening at that point. I don't know. <laughs> and Lee Sung Gi is, um, I think he's also trying to do the right thing because he's been demoted. So he's trying to like raise, rise back up to his position. But basically he gets told, fuck off, you can't, it's not going to happen for you. So he hears about this, uh, I don't know what it is, a, a, a Sam Jung 
and apparently um, the little girl now grown up because she made the mistake of letting him out of the mountain and you know releasing this fucking demon monkey thing on the world um uh, she got punished by giving uh, by being given the fate of Samjung. And it turns out that every spirit ever wants to eat Samjung because it will, you know, make them great. I'm not really sure. I, I, maybe I wasn't listening at that either. <laughs> um, so Lee sung decides that he needs to go and eat her, basically. Um, and you can imagine how that goes. It's all pretty great and funny. I think um, that's about <laughs> all I'll say. I really, really enjoyed this. I thought it was really, really good fun. Um, I think I will definitely keep going. Um, I have to admit, and this is like, you know, it's just one of those weird bias taste things. Um, I don't know why, but I'm not like crazy about Lee Sung-gi. Um, I do like him. I find him very likable, but I'm not like mad about him. And Oh, I kind of hate this about myself, but I think, you know, I've kind like, if, if I'm honest, if I notice the kind of Korean actors that I more like kind of like and follow around drama land, um, I think Lee Sung-gi has a very warm, sort of nice, uh, friendly, charming, affable kind of um, thing going on. And I guess I go for more like... Um, <laughs> I don't want to say bad boy types because I sound like such a douche. Um, but mm, maybe that's maybe that's what's going on. I don't know. I feel very embarrassed to admit it. Um, I do like him though. Like I don't dislike him by any means. Um, but I probably wouldn't watch a drama that I didn't like just because he was in it. But luckily, I do like this drama, so I'll probably keep going with this one. I think it's pretty good fun. Uh, so I think that's it from me for a Korean Odyssey, also known as Hwayugi. So the next first episode that I watched is from the 2019, um, quite a recent K-drama actually, called When the Camellia Blooms. Um, it says here that it's 40 episodes, but I'm going to guess it's that dumb half episode thing where they just air together anyway and they're basically one fucking episode. But uh, I presume it's a 20 episode, uh, you know, 21 hour episode drama. Um, so uh, this drama came out recently and I'm not particularly a fan of any of the actors or actresses in it so I didn't sort of jump on it at the time uh it seems like I, I guess from the promos and everything I kind of got the impression it was a very gentle sort of understated drama one of these ones that is is quite about maybe a little bit more gritty and realistic and about these small moments in people's lives so that it does sound kind of appealing but at the same time it didn't you know it, it didn't have like a hooky kind of plot that they were promoing around that made me want to immediately watch it or anything like that um and yeah because I, I guess I'm not mad about you know anyone that's in it I, it just sort of slid by me and I was like eh, and I kept seeing it all the time and I'm like oh nah nah and I just kept not trying it um so many years ago I studied Korean um I was trying to learn Korean for quite a while um and sadly for me um kind of a few different factors came into it and I ended up not learning but one of those uh, so I had to give up in the end um, is my whole my side story that I'm taking you on this weird journey but anyway 
Uh, so the point is, <laughs> I had a Korean language teacher back then who also became my friend. And one of the reasons that I stopped learning was she did go back to Korea. So she's married to a dude from my country and he actually moved back to Korea with her. And they've been living over there ever since for, I think, like the last six or even seven years now. I think they've been back there. So they're well settled. Um, but about every year, because um, her husband needs to come and visit his family in the city where I live, um, you know, they fly back and I get to see her about once a year and we chat and whatever. And usually she makes me Korean food if I'm really lucky. So that's exciting. Um, but this time when she came, um, you know, for holidays, she talked about this drama a lot. She talked about... Uh, I guess um, she said the drama is about this woman who kind of hates herself, I suppose, or just feels unworthy, who feels unworthy of love. And the whole drama is really centered around the idea that, you know, she is worthy of love. And very, very slowly across the journey of the story, this young woman begins to believe that she does deserve these things in her life, like she is deserving of love. So when my friend was talking to me about it, like it did kind of strike me, I guess. And I was like, I really like the idea of that theme. That's you know, those kind of very gentle, quiet, yet very insightful stories. Like I've watched a lot of K-dramas like that. K-dramas can be so insightful, particularly into emotion. Um, and I was like, hmm, maybe this is going to be one of those kind of dramas, like a little bit of a slice of life, um, but something very deep and moving. And I guess, you know, that whole life affirming thing, something that makes you think about things and be grateful for things. And I do quite enjoy stories like that. So I picked this one up and I watched the first episode. Um, I really enjoyed it. It is quite beautiful to look at, um, which is interesting because uh, one thing I really like about it is so it isn't set in Seoul. It's set in like a small, smaller city in the countryside. And there's something about these kind of K-dramas where they kind of strip back all the kind of um, flashiness and wealth of, you know, a lot of these kind of chebol sort of dramas that we get used to where everyone's a CEO or a genius freaking whatever the fuck. And in this one, everyone's just like, they're just really normal. Like they're all little restaurant owners on this little restaurant street in this little, you know, middle of nowhere place. And the guy is this kind of very earnest yet somehow a little bit naive but he's very you know justice focused and very he's a very good guy but also not in a cool way like he's not a cool guy <laughs> I want to say and um so the drama begins with this kind of um yeah, the street. It's this kind of little restaurant street and this young woman is moving in and she's beautiful. Like, uh, so this is played by Gong Hyo Jin. So her name in the drama is Dongbek, which um, I think means camellia in Korean, apparently. Um, so Dongbek is moving in and all the women, you know, in this neighborhood kind of see her and she's so pretty and all their husbands are like already like, whoa. So all the women immediately just hate her. And then they see that, oh, she has a kid in a pram. So they think, oh, she's married with a kid. So immediately they're like, oh, you know, isn't she nice? How lovely, a, you know, a young couple. Um, but then they find out she is a single mother and uh, a lot of the kind of nastiness begins again. Um, so I think the drama, I guess it's one thing that I find really interesting is the whole single motherhood thing is in dramas sometimes. 
And I don't know, but there just seems to be so much kind of a viciousness around it or sometimes kind of backward ideas, I suppose. And I get the impression that maybe culturally being a single mom, I don't know what it's like now, but the fact that it's shown in dramas like this, like it seems like there's still a lot of, um, you know, like a cultural sort of looking down on that kind of stuff, like thinking that that's not as good. Um, so I think it's very interesting if a drama is willing to sort of tackle these things that I guess not that many dramas do. Um, so I did really, I, I really like the idea of that, that way that the, the female lead, the beautiful female lead who is going to get the love story and she's going to get the happy ending, I hope, and get the romance, um, is also a single mother of a, you know, six or seven year old boy um, by the time the drama gets started proper. And she's very, very softly spoken um, and very, I guess like a... I wouldn't want to say a pushover, like she has a bit of like a spine to her as well, but she's obviously, it's just that thing where she doesn't really think she's worthy, I suppose. She doesn't love herself, I guess. Um, so the drama is very, very gentle. It's a, definitely a slice of life. So it's not like I have a huge plot to explain to you guys. Like I think really not a lot happens in the first episode. It's, it's more of a character development kind of um, story where you just get to know who everyone is and what they're like. Um, so this also stars Kang Hanul as the very good, but also, you know, not cool guy. And by not cool, I mean, he's not like, uh, you know, he's not a flash dude. Like he's, he's pretty silly. He says some stuff and you're like, Oh no, like cringe. Um, but it's all in a very earnest, sweet kind of way. And you know that he's the kind of dude that when it mattered, he would always do the right thing, like unfailingly. And that's quite interesting. Um, he's, he's goofy, I guess, is what I mean by he's not cool. Like he's, he's really, he's really goofy. <laughs> um, so yeah, very interesting. And obviously he sees Dongbek and, like everyone else in the neighborhood, he just loves her immediately because she's so pretty. But then when he sees her kind of stand up to a local good for nothing drunk politician dude um, over, you know, some sort of matters about justice and what's right and things like that, he's just like bonkers head over heels for her. Like he's really, really into her. And meanwhile, she's staring at him being like, who is this goofy, weird dude? Because he's he's pretty weird dude, uh, but very, very likable, I must say. Um, so I can see this drama really developing into something that would probably, I think, be very emotional and tug on your heartstrings. Um, I think definitely it's going to be a meandery sort of slice of life, like very much more about the character development and character journeys than about any big big plot stuff um, although you know throw in like a serial killer into that mix because the whole drama does very very unexpectedly open with basically a riverside serial killery murdery scene which I was just like what the fuck am I watching again I didn't think that's what this was about um, but apparently that is what it's about um, so I have no idea how that fits in um, but presumably the lead couple aren't gonna die and presumably it, it feels like a happy ending sort of drama so fingers crossed um I think I'll keep going with it um I think it could I, I think it could be really good I think it's just the kind of show that you just need to let yourself get kind of sink into it and just get swept away by it um and it 
it probably depends, I think, with a show like this, what kind of mood you're in. You know, like sometimes you're just in the mood for those really light, fluffy things um, that are really fast moving, though, I guess, um, if you're tired particularly, <laughs> um, rather than something that's so... Because I guess if something's about these really, really powerful emotions, um, you know, you do need time. I think you need a lot of time and a lot of nuance to sort of pull that off. Um, And that's a very particular kind of feel, I think, for a show. So it depends, you know, if you've got time for that kind of thing or not. Um, So, yeah, I I think I really enjoyed this. I thought it was quite lovely, I suppose, and very understated and very quiet um, and interesting. I think it has the potential character-wise to be very interesting. So I'd say that that's it from me on When the Camellia Blooms. So now it is time for my random thing of the week. Um, My first random, I actually have two random things. One's so short, so that's why. But my first random thing is a question. Um, It just occurred to me, why hasn't the actor Che Jin Hyuk why has he not starred in any Saguk dramas? Like, why is he always in police procedurals? Like, what is up with that? It makes me really sad. I really, really love him. And I really, really want to watch him in a Joseon set drama. Um, a long time ago, he was in like one or potentially two episodes of like this. Um, it was actually pretty cool. It's this uh, K-drama anthology of horror so it's like each episode is a standalone Joseon set horror story, um, which is pretty creepy and cool. Um, but they're done, it, it was made so long ago with so many different actors and actresses that if you watch it now, there are so many recognizable faces in it, like um, Park Min Young and then Che Jin Hyuk and loads of other people. Um, I'm trying to think, it's called Hometown Legends. I don't know why I just brought that up. That wasn't my random thing of this week, but there you go. It's a free one for you. <laughs> So my real random thing this week is, again, very random, like it should be, I suppose. Um, so I mentioned before about my old Korean teacher that I still see quite often, uh, or you know, once a year, sort of often. Uh, so anyway, when I last was speaking to her, she was telling me this really interesting thing. So her and her husband are into like, um, they might go away separately to these retreats. So like, um, I... Well, so she's Buddhist, so sometimes I will go to meditation retreats or Buddhist retreats, that kind of stuff. Um, but she was telling me about this particular retreat that she went to in Korea, um, which is a Korean, I guess, place that you can go to. And it's a very different kind of thing. And it, it's about, I suppose, facing your inner demons and kind of sorting out your shit and, you know, making you into a healthier, happier person, Um to do with your mental health and maybe maybe your spiritual health I'm not really sure but the stuff she was telling me was just really really interesting um stuff like you she said though they had to do all these different activities like um stuff like you know they'd make the room really dark so no one could see each other but then they'd all have to dance so you know like you know that whole thing dance like nobody's watching and you know it's so true you feel so good if you dance uh, unless you feel like you're getting judged for your dancing but if you just dance at home by yourself or with someone you love who isn't going to judge you it's like the funnest thing ever so I can totally get it um and then other things like you know they'd be given like a pillow thing and they would just be encouraged to like I guess kind of just punch it and hit it and it's like taking out all your emotions I guess maybe that's what it was it was like they had all these different activities and each activity was sort of designed to 
really, really face your emotions. So like face fear. Um, she did a fear workshop, which was like watching scary movies and then the lights are turned off and people try and scare you or some shit. I, I don't know if that would work on me because I like scary movies, but it, the whole thing was just really, really interesting. And I guess it just reminds me again about there are just so many different experiences in the world and we all live in our little bubbles and even with the internet and how connected the world is now, like you still, it's so easy, it's no one's fault, like you just can't know everything, you can't know every experience, you can't see everything, but there's so much out there that, you know, you just don't know that other people are doing and whether you want to or not, it doesn't really matter, it's just interesting, I think that all these different experiences exist. Um, I guess that's one thing I like so much about travel. Like, I mean, obviously you can't know everything about a country or know everything about a culture by any means by traveling to a different place. But I think it's a really, really just such a good experience in just reminding you that you are small and the world is big, you know? And I really like being reminded of that because it just reminds you... <laughs> sounds so cheesy I guess it's that same thing you know like be grateful for everything but just remember you're not you know you're not the biggest most important thing in the world I think sometimes it's good for me to remember that it kind of grounds me and makes me happier with everything that I have so yeah that was a random thing wasn't it I don't even know what I was talking about it was a waffle just for you guys 